early days of the American frontier, people relied on steam engines to transport them through wild landscapes to spectacular new places. In this current era, we have something that allows for an even greater adventure, the search engine. So make sure you grab your ticket because we are going on a first class ride across the web. Well, welcome to yet another episode of What's Going On, the podcast that makes you wonder about things that you've never wondered about before. First time I've ever said a saying right here on on mic. Woo, round of applause. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I was high-key nervous for that. Definitely thought I was going to mess it on up. But speaking of sayings, that's actually this week's topic here. There's a bunch of different sayings that we are constantly talking about. Uh, and after doing a little bit of research, I personally say a lot more than I ever would have thought. So we're going to take a look at the meanings behind them and how it really got Got started patty you brought this one up here was there an instance that made you think of this or did you just kind of stumble upon it over time there there was but i completely forgot what the saying was <laughs> that made me wonder why what's with all these sayings and how do they get spread and you know what's the origin behind it yeah and then i started thinking about different ones and the first one that kind of stuck in my mind was uh son of a gun i don't know why mm. but that one just seems like a just such a strange phrase to me yeah 100 percent. i wonder son of a gun i don't know i i literally can't even try to describe what could have brought that up like trying to create a story of how that got created what m- blows my mind more isn't just the sayings because we all talk about and say stupid shit all the time but how like a saying actually like sticks you know like how yeah, do yeah. we determine that one saying and it just like gets spread throughout, you know, it's literally just one or two people like, oh, shit, that's awesome. And then like they spread it and it's like a little virus where it just like slowly infects everybody's speech. <laughs> yeah, because some of them like they kind of make sense and it's like, oh, yeah, I could see how that's like that. But like this one, son of a gun to me, like if you say that phrase to me, I don't understand what it means without knowing you know the meaning of it you yeah know? yeah son of a gun i, I mean it's like i don't know i it's kind of a bad thing right like or, or is it like a i don't know what is the actual meaning behind it alone son of a gun it's like when something bad kind of happens right you're like oh dang it or <laughs> i don't even know dude Some yeah sort it's of like disappointment yeah or or it's like to a person as well okay kind of like i don't know an alternative to like son of a bitch basically yeah yeah you think that came that was just the pg version uh i'm looking it up now the phrase originated as son of a military man which was the used in the british navy (laughs) wait what (laughs) (laughs) i'm so fucking confused Son of a military man in the Navy. Okay, so I guess, okay, so when there were, if there were women aboard the the British Navy, naval ships and any child that was then born on the ship who had uncertain paternity, which I guess this was oh, a shit. real problem, would be listed on the ship's log as son of a gun, what? which was son of a military man, I guess. No fucking way. What a solid first pick, first phrase here. So how just a woman sleeping around a shit with a shit ton of guys on the ship there? 
Were they like Yeah, with without knowing who the father is, I guess. <laughs> Just having some fun, I guess, dude. And I have no idea who the dad is. I love that. Son of a gun. <laughs> a soldier's bastard, pretty much. The more you know. This is why we do this. Insane. Is there any more to that? Can't believe it. so like you're literally written down in the logs as a son of a gun. See, I'm wondering what happens if you have a daughter. Daughter of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why well, yeah it's only only men are born on ships that's why oh that's what the son of a bitch is i think you think is it i don't know i've just it could be son of a bitch or son of a whore is what i'm saying right now <laughs> jesus <laughs> if it's a guy it's a it's a gun uh a nice symbol for their sacrifice and if it's your if <laughs> oh this is son of a bitch though or son of a whore it would i don't know everyone that's born on a ship is just called a son i guess was son specifically huh. for daughters or for for boys that were born it says if the paternity of a newborn was in doubt so i think it would be if you had a daughter as well yeah so you were just always called a son maybe i guess the the part of the meaning behind that is a convenient place for giving birth was between the guns and the gun or between the guns on the gun deck huh the guns i think that means cannons yeah son of a cannon (laughs) (laughs) i'm stuck on whether or not if son meant boy or girl what sometimes they'd fire the cannons to try and hasten a difficult birth what? What do you? What? <laughs> She's going into labor. Fire Let's all cannons! Fire all out. cannons! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he's gonna get scared and just slip right out there. It'll flinch real quick and it'll just shift a little. It'll pop right out. Oh look, is literally why is there a phrase "son of a bitch" but not "daughter of a bitch"? Yeah, it's basically just because it's all patriarchal. <laughs> patriarchal <laughs> females were just regarded as inherently contemptible. Huh. Yes, <laughs> starting off on a strong fucking notes. Did you have one that uh, after looking it up, you said you say a lot more than you think? Do you have one that kind of stuck out to you? Yeah, that you're uh, in? there's a bunch of them. God, like we said, we have a shit ton on the list here. But one that I know my father used to say quite a bit was he extended it. The phrase is like white on rice. But he would extend it to like white on race and a paper plate and then a snowstorm. And I think he got that from a movie we used to watch together when I was younger. But still interested in why like white on rice and see if that has a little bit of an origin story. See, that, that's one that I think if it's someone self-de- says that to me, I understand that. Yeah. And I could see how that would catch on. And I understand, obviously, what the fucking meaning is. But I don't know if there's like a story. Oh, this says origin here. Oh, I don't know if we're really going to get a solid origin. I picked a shitty one. I I feel like yours is too self-explanatory that the explanation is, yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah, fuck me. All right, here. We'll go with a different one then. There's so many that I I don't know. Uh, How about as happy as a clam? Oh, that is one that I had too. I I do enjoy that one, but I didn't know. I'm nervous all of mine are going to suck. Now no, that, I think that one's weird enough. Like, fingers I, crossed. I don't think fingers of, crossed. Of clams is happy. I don't know. What what animal do you think would be the most happy? Oh, there's like, oh god, what is it called? It looks almost. It's not a kookaburra. Maybe it's. I don't know what it is. It looks almost like a koala, 
but a little bit more like round of a head. And they literally smile. Oh, is it a wallaby? I think it's a wallaby. It's in Australia. A wallaby. Hmm. I think it's like a, oh no, a wallaby looks like a little fucking kangaroo. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a little like fuzzy um, koala looking creature in Australia Australia that literally has a smile on its face at all time. <laughs> Look, I'm literally just well, typing in smiling. Like a tough one to beat. Smiling animal Australia. Uh, what? Co- Cocas? Quokas? I don't know. Here, I'm going to type it. I'll say it out loud, and I want you to look it up. All right? Okay. Q-U-O-K-K-A. And then just go to the images. Like, they're literally fucking smiling little creatures. Like, they're so... They just look so happy. (laughs) (laughs) And the first thing that comes up with them is selfie. Yeah. Yeah. Polka selfie. And it's a bunch of people just smiling with the smiling (laughs) thing. I think that's the world's happiest. I don't know how you would. Oh, I definitely agree. (laughs) It's so cute, (laughs) fucking ridiculous. All right. How did you even find out about this thing? I have no idea. I I swear it's probably one of the. You were doing research for our Australian (laughs) episode. (laughs) Could be. Could be. Kangaroos are coming, dude. I promise you. I think maybe it was a documentary or something that I saw those, and it's kind of too cute not to notice. Oh, okay, so one thing about the phrase, as happy as a clam, was actually shortened from the full phrase, happy as a clam at high water, which makes sense is that's when they're able to get, I think, their food and safe from fishermen, because they're using that, uh, I can't think of the fucking word for it, or they're siphoning through the water for their for their food. I can't find an origin, though. Okay, I think I might have. Origin of as happy as a clam was derived from a memoir of... Of James Hall that was published in 1833 called The Harp's Head, A Legend of Kentucky. And there's a written record of it found, oh, also inside of a newspaper in 1841. Oh, I think it's just giving examples of when it was written inside of text. But then don't you think it would have already been created? And yeah, then... but I mean, may- maybe the person created it and like wrote it down. So the first time... Because I mean, Dr. Seuss, like half of his books are complete made-up words. Yeah. <laughs> James Hall, 1833. If that's the fucking first text, I'm guessing that that might be him. So why do you think so many phrases are related to animals? Like some that I were thinking of was like sick of a dog, sick as a dog lucky dog you know sweating like a pig mm, i have some just different things like that i have I some animal like so ones many... too can i can i list them off real quick yeah all right yeah. we got cold turkey elephant in the yep, room had that one hold your horses get your ducks in a row running oh, around a like a headless chicken and bull in a china shop yeah I, there's so many animal ones we were literally talking about it before we even started i mean we're on a clam one that still cr- counts yeah I think we just surrounded ourselves with animals, and so that was just something we could do. Do you think that's just know. the most relatable thing? That could like, be. They, they do things, and we could kind of relate something that we do to them? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that I'm, like, thinking about it, I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, let's, let's look at it. Let's try and digest it right here. All right, so elephant in the room is usually this awkward thing that is kind of occurring inside of a room, right? There's, like, some awkward silence or... A secret that everybody knows about, but no one's really talking, right? I mean, if you fucking put an actual elephant inside of a room, it's consuming the entire thing, you know? Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So it's something kind of like that. Get your ducks in a row is pretty much like low-key, like get your shit in order, you know? Just like file on up here, like clean up your 
not I don't know, like clean up your life, but just like clean up the whatever you're focusing on or about to go into. Yeah, I guess similar to how ducks always. I don't know if you've seen a duck walk with its little ducklings. They're always like in a nice little row. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. always, but for efficiency, you know. Sometimes yeah. yeah, they're all clustered up, but. I don't know. Hold your horses. I feel like <laughs> horses just trying to run around and shit, and you're like trying to hold it. I don't really know about that one. Uh, yeah, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Oh shit, that's a good one. I don't know. Maybe they're just so stuck in their ways. I mean, that's obviously what it means, but like, I'm sure you can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. Is there I an mean, origin for that one? Is there a specific dog? That's what I'm interested in. A stubborn ass dog. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be one of the oldest idioms, actually. Of the old English language. Oh. It said it originated by Haywood in 1546. That's a long time ago. A lot of these might just be just written records. I don't know if there's going to be specific things that it's specific examples. Or even better, I would have loved a specific dog. <laughs> huh. Opening a can of worms is thought to have been started because of fishermen bringing uh, worms in a can when they go fishing. And they they obviously have to open it, but then if they knock it over... It becomes a whole big problem because you got worms spilling (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Interesting. I I think a lot of the animal ones are just kind of self-explanatory, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, true. Like a wild goose chase? (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) All right, so should we try and find some that aren't related to animals that we think might have a different thing? You want to start it off here? I've got some, but I I want you to do it. This is yours. I'm sorry, I'm stuck right now on dog eat dog, and I'm actually curious if there's dog a reason for that. Just a bunch of dogs started eating the shit out of each other. All right, so one non-animal one. All right, actually, I'm I'm curious about what cold turkey. It means I I know quitting cold turkey means you just stop something all of a sudden, but what it like was? It, do you think just like cold turkey is really gross, and that's why like it became a thing? And like I don't know, you just stop eating turkey when it becomes cold so you, or you quit something cold turkey i don't know yeah that's a weird one i know it's just something that no one wants you're just like i'm done with it now that it's cold yeah i don't know <laughs> that was one that i was pretty interested in you're on doggy dog i'm on cold turkey see if we can't figure this out here first appeared in print 1914 in des moines uh daily news so there's one thinking of this saying that goes the original quote is an old proverb that states dog does not eat dog but then apparently by 1931 uh there was a new version that was a play on that of dog eat dog just to show that society's become so vicious that (laughs) that is no longer a true proverb beautiful uh I, i don't know interesting so I think it looks like we've slowly changed the phrase a little bit of cold turkey. So the original examples that I'm seeing of like cold turkey actually referred to the way that someone like was speaking about a subject. And so cold turkey back in the day when it wasn't super flavorful, we didn't have a shit ton of spices and stuff that we were throwing on it. So the the, the fact that a plate of cold turkey is just a simple meal without many like frills and just kind of pretty plain people would be like talking so the example that was used inside of the newspaper ironically was of a uh sermon and the reverend was talking about how he was going how people need to quit drinking so much but apparently that talk was pretty boring or pretty 
pretty plain because he apparently drank a shit ton. So it wasn't uh, <laughs> super, I don't know. He wasn't getting his point across and he was just talking plainly and not convincing at all. And it looks like just over time, it slowly changed from just like talking plainly or not really, I don't know, do, the, speaking about anything exciting to abruptly quitting a bad habit. I mean, it looks like it took kind of like a hundred years for it to change. Um, and there's not really a, a obvious like answer as to why it happened, but it just slowly happened. And maybe like another reason why it happened is because like quitting cold turkey means that you're just plain and simple. You're just like quitting that bad habit. Like you're not really you're not going to do any like fancy methods. You're not going to do any of this other like extra bullshit, you know, like the plate of turkey. There's no frills or anything fancy behind it. You're just doing it and going forward. So I don't know. Hmm. The other theory is that a person going through extreme withdrawal looks and feels like a cold turkey carcass. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Yeah, they uh, start sweating a lot and cold to the touch, clammy, and covered in goosebumps. Yeah, so you take it uh, however you want, plain and simple. Either one will work, actually. No, that was a pretty good one. I'm satisfied. Do you have any now that uh, aren't animal-related? Uh, I looked up one, but I was very disappointed in it, so I'm trying to find another one. What was the one you looked up? Wet One's Whistle. Oh, is that just like wetting a whistle? I was hoping that it would be some weird thing that people had to like wet a whistle on a train for it to work or something back in the day. I don't know. (laughs) It literally just means what you think it means, and it's like an old just common saying. I'm like, oh, that's boring. I got you. One that... I'm pretty excited about, and I hope there's a good story, is Knock on Wood. I have a Ooh, feeling that is a good one. it's about superstition and whatnot. And ironically, I actually said that today. That's uh, I feel like out of all phrases, that's the one I probably say the most, which is why I was super excited to get to it. But why? But why? Interesting. So what I'm finding here so far is that due to our history of basically – like worshiping and basically just worshiping idols and whatnot. A lot of them actually had to do with like the earth and trees. And a lot of people back in the day, especially in cultures from like Ireland, use trees as oracles. And so there's a couple of different explanations here as to what the knock on wood could be in referencing to, especially in multiple books that kind of talk about it. Uh, First one is kind of... (laughs) Uh, equivalent to ruckus from pagan Europeans as they used to chase evil spirits away from their um, their homes or prevent them from uh, basically just like getting those evil spirits away from them and essentially ruining, ruining other people's good luck, but their home or their wood was okay. And then the other one would be specifically tree worshipers that would actually like lay their hands on trees when asking for favors from spirits or gods that lived inside of it. And would use this knocking on wood as like a good show of like gratitude to the supernatural powers because it is. I was gonna, I was very curious as to how that got used for good luck. You know, I feel like a lot of phrases are just phrases, but this one is like something you specifically do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. The whole uh, asking for for favors from like a. a a god creature. or being. Yeah. I uh, I actually have one that I was looking up that has a very similar meaning uh or origin to butter someone up. Oh. Like to flatter someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently in ancient India, it was a custom to throw 
clarified butter, also known as ghee, at statues of gods to seek favor from them. <laughs> what the fuck? How do these fucking things get started? Like, who I, Who was like, yeah, I don't know. You know what we need to do? I know why we've had a shitty harvest this year. We didn't throw a fucking stick of butter at our god statue, dude. <laughs> like that, I swear to God, that's going to do it. And then people are like, you know what? Fuck it. We've tried everything else. I think that's what happens is that like so many shitty things were just consistently happening that everyone's like, all right, dude, we got to keep doing shit until we find something that works and we got to keep <laughs> doing it. And, and that's the one that just worked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a handful of them in like certain little villages or tribes. Like like one thing would happen. They're like, oh, that's it. That's it. And it just la- it happened like one time. And then they created basically like an entire story. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're like, oh, back in the day when the butter was first thrown. And then they tell down to their like children's <laughs> children. And then they're like, we've been throwing butter at statues for hundreds of years. And there's a whole uprising about the non-butter throwers and the butter throwers. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's better than some of the sacrifices to gods that were made that were like human sacrifices or anything like that it's like why don't we just throw butter at it that works <laughs> yeah never mind i'm changing teams i'm going on over to the butter throwers <laughs> i like their i'm ways seeing more. that there is actually an older tradition in tibet where they would craft butter sculptures around the new year and oh. those were viewed as bringing happiness and peace for the upcoming year well, it is fairly so, nice. B- butter statues or throwing butter at other statues? Either one. Butter is just the way to go. That's what God's like. Hmm. I like it. I like it. I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, I guess in Great Britain, it's not knock on wood. It's touch wood. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I was, I got, I, there was one fact that I had left, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's go back to the list that we have here. Oh, another one that I was pretty interested in. I'm sure it's going to have hopefully some theatrical story behind it but break a leg why that's a it's a good luck term for when you go out to like i don't know do any sort of activity or maybe some sort of sketch or something like that but why it's for good luck and like a good luck type of phrase but it's the literal phrase is not anything good or something you would hope I think it's something like it was bad luck to say good luck. So you say the exact opposite and say, I hope something terrible happens to you. And then they actually get good luck. If that's the real reason, I... I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna get mad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it makes sense. It makes sense what you just said. What? All right. I don't know if this is true. But one pretty highly thought of origin story is actually about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Where John oh, Wilkes Booth, John actor Wilkes turned assassin, leg. yeah, leapt to the stage of Ford's Theater after the murder and broke his leg in the process. And hmm. but the logical connection with good luck is not too clear on that one, so I'm not too sure on that. But I like that. I like it more than it's just the opposite of good luck. <laughs> well, this is a theater company's fucking page here. Let's. This is what I think. This is, let's, let's get it. Let's get it. Oh my fucking god! I think you're right. <laughs> Saying good luck is considered bad luck. No. <laughs> Phrase is ruined, ruined for me. I'm never. I'm only going to tell people good luck from now on. <laughs> oh, another fun way, uh, origin story, though, is that in Elizabethan times, uh, instead of applause, the audience would bang their chairs on the ground. And if they liked it enough, the leg of the chair would break. Huh. I, like, I like that a little bit more. Dang, that's actually that's that's a good one. Yeah, Yeah, I like that one. 
What's the leg line of the stage? Oh, so another thing, a common theory, is there's a leg line that was used in early days of theater where pretty much they'd be cued to perform. And so they'd be standing basically on the side of the, like, stage getting ready to like line up to go and do their like lines or whatever their scene is but if actors weren't performing they were told to stay behind that leg line and do not cross it or because it meant that they were like weren't getting paid so i don't know Hmm. if you if you were telling an actor to break a leg it would be like giving them an opportunity to perform and get paid for it yeah Hmm. there's a couple of i I like like this one yeah there's a couple of good ones here all right i'm satisfied with that one you have any more? I'm a little disappointed. I was really curious about one that's dank because <laughs> I had not heard that phrase until you said it. You and Ellie said it like I I don't know when that became that's popular. That's a fucking it was old years one, ago. Yeah, yeah. But I had never heard it. That's dank. And I don't know. Just knowing what the word dank meant, I did not understand what that phrase meant at all. Was there any? But, did you find anything fun about it or no? No, it's it seems to be just related to how uh, weed was described back in the day and yeah. all that because it was like smelly and funky, kind of like the actual term meaning of dank. Yeah, being like something that's unpleasantly moist and you know <laughs> smelly or something. Yeah. So I guess that's where it comes from. And then I was wondering how dank memes came about, mm-hmm. and it seems like it was just kind of uh, a way to actually make fun of the <laughs> the memes because apparently they weren't really that good. Oh, just mocking initial memes. But now uh, dank memes are the best memes. Dank memes are the best memes. Never forget. <laughs> uh, do you have any other phrases that you want to look into that don't deal with animals quite yet? Kick the bucket and bite the bullet were two hours. Oh, shit. In. I didn't have either of those. Those are pretty good. Kick the bucket and bite the bullet. Which Here, I'll look up one. You look up the other. Which one would you like? I'll do the bucket one. All right. I'm guessing biting the bullet is just getting shot in the face. Did that happen a lot? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> Maybe. Interesting. Uh, So, the origin of the phrase bite the bullet actually is believed to be before the days of effective anesthetics. And soldiers were actually given bullets to bite on to help them endure pain in case they got shot or injured. It was something to focus on because, like, patients back in the day when they were undergoing surgery were given a stick of wood yeah, or a pad of leather. no anesthesia. Yeah, and so soldiers, whenever they were, like, wounded in the battlefield, if they needed something to, like, bite or to focus on, they would chomp down onto the bullet as it was malleable and not likely to break the patient's teeth. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, I guess back in those days it was probably something like a lead or something that was... Yeah, exactly. Oh, maybe a little more malleable. Biting the bullet. There's some more here. I'm going to read and see if I can't find anything else interesting. But kick the bucket. What you got? Oh, man. I'm the first thought is that it refers to people committing suicide and they're hanging themselves oh, and they would shit. kill themselves by kicking the bucket that they are standing on. Well, hot damn. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, there's the dark side of what's going on that we'd like to see. Well, hopefully there's a, a part two to that story. A second origin, maybe. So I guess another, I guess the most 
accepted one now. I don't know why I didn't see this one first. Is that it referred to, I guess there was some sort of bucket that was used to hold pigs by their heels so they could be slaughtered. And while the pigs were dying, they would spasm a bit and it would create the impression that they were kicking the bucket as they were dying. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, I'm glad you gave wow. me this one. Yeah, yeah, geez. <laughs> All right, so this is a pretty complicated side origin. So another repeated theory is that the expression derived from incidents inside of the Indian Rebellion of 1857. Native Indian fighters were recruited to fight within the British armies, and due to the new design of a rifle that was issued and used, uh, there was greased paper cartridges that needed to be bitten to release their powder. But the native Indian fighters' beliefs, obviously, uh, they worship uh, the cow, and the grease was made from cow fat, and Muslims didn't want to do that. Or, or, or pig fat it was made from, and they didn't want to like bite into that as it was against their religious belief. And they were basically forced to, like, go against their religious qualms and have to bite the bullets, essentially, and fight or pretty much be killed. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if they would be killed. It just said that they were forced to do it, so I don't know what would happen if they didn't. But I'm assuming that they were just kind of killed off. Let's keep it dark. Uh, What else do we have here? What else do we have here? I have one more that I kind of like. Turn a blind eye. Mm. Uh, that was from a British naval officer who had a bit of a disagreement and skirmish with uh, another admiral, and they were, I guess, in a fight. And one, the other admiral, sent up a signal uh, by the use of flags to. I guess, stop the engagement that they were having. Mm -hmm. But he looked through his blind eye through the telescope and said that he could not see a signal. (laughs) So he was just blatantly like, oh, I'm not agreeing. I'm just going to continue on fighting, even though they basically like surrender. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Do you have one that you're you're itching to know? I'm trying to figure it out. There's kind of a lot here. Uh, Double whammy. I've been uh, oh. curious what that is. Yeah, there are so many phrases that you just don't think about, but when you hear them, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a very Exa- common phrase. Yeah, I was going through the list of them when we were researching it. I literally was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I've said so many of these. And like we said before, there's definitely some, though, that you're like, who the fuck says that? Like, who's ever said that in their life? <laughs> so it, it looks like it's kind of split into the two. So whammy is meaning like an evil spell or a curse and you're putting a whammy on somebody or some supernatural power of like bringing bad luck and i'm guessing double is pretty much just doing that with two people or two different uh groups i don't know where the origin story i don't know it's some weird shit with baseball that's what i keep saying there's a bunch of different stories about the baseball double whammy what is a baseball double whammy well, I don't I'm know not that familiar. What the I don't know what that is either. But it, like, it's giving me like stories of like baseball and like it's using the whammy inside of it. I, I'm not seeing double though, but I'm seeing yeah, a whammy is in like like something really shitty happens or he like messed up uh, and he he had a whammy ball or something. Oh yeah, like that one uh, game show too. Big money, no whammies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. 
I don't know. It seems like it has to do with a lot with sports. Oh, there's even a boxer thing. What? Is a whammy a strong punch? I don't know. No, it is associated <laughs> with an American boxer and boxing manager, uh, Benjamin Evil Eye Finkel, who <laughs> reputedly hexed his fighter's opponents. So the manager would hex him, and then he would go in and beat the shit out of him, or his fighter would. <laughs> Did he just fucking tell stories saying that he was going to hex people, and like people fucking believed him and started freaking out? Oh my god! I think so. I think he was just telling stories about giving his like his right eye, his bloodshot right eye, had evil powers that he could direct at will against anybody he wanted. We should let's look wow. into this guy here, Benjamin Evil Eye Finkel. I'm interested in this man right now. I'm honestly just curious about what this guy looks like. I don't know. I hope they have pictures. While you're looking that up, I found uh, another one that I thought was a little interesting. It's got a quick story here. Bury the hatchet. Oh. Uh, this is actually a Native American tradition where when chiefs would come together to make peace agreements, they would actually literally bury their hatchets and other weapons to show that they are coming in peace mm. and that no one would have weapons at the, the peace discussions. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> I don't know how much more this guy really has than him. He just told stories about his fucking eye when that exploded and people got very uncomfortable and got nervous when he would put the evil eye hex on him. What the fuck? So he only had one fighter when he was managing Patsy Flanagan and Flanagan's career never took off. But with that, Flanagan's fucking evil eye really exploded and he went to work with Hall of Fame boxing champions, I don't know if you would know any of them. I don't know any of them, but Sugar Ray Robinson is one that I've heard. I've heard of that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about a bunch of the other ones. Uh, apparently, Hall of Fame boxing champions. I'm just gonna say I'm Jack Dempsey, Bob Foster, Willie Pastrano, Billy Kahn, Freddie Steele. I think I might have heard the Steele one, and Floyd Patterson. And he charged fifty to three hundred dollars for each use of his evil eye hex. While working what? in the corner of a fighter. <laughs> That's fucking insane. Imagine you have your like coach right there, and then you have some guy just giving a fucking evil eye to somebody. <laughs> insane. Uh, he's from Miami Beach, Florida, actually. Huh. Pretty close to you. Oh, shit. But World War II brief, uh, like, briefly halted his career as he went and served for the army in England and Scotland. Oh, but he made it through, and he got back to it. Uh, evil and I, evil eye and people. I don't fucking know. Is this? Did you just give the fucking eye to everybody until he died? Yeah, Jesus. He retired in 1973. Wow. What do you do for a living? I <laughs> stare at people very angrily <laughs> and curse them. That's absolutely insane. I had another one that I saw that was uh getting up on the wrong side of the bed or waking up on the wrong side. Oh of the yeah, bed. yeah, yeah. This uh dates back to ancient Rome, where the right side of anything was referred to as the positive side and left was viewed as a negative side and so romans were always very careful to exit their bed on the right side instead of the left side in order to start their day with positive forces and so if someone's having a bad day they must have woken up on the wrong side of the bed Oh, I do like that. I have some other ones here. One, uh, it, This one does have a, an animal in it, but I saw it, and this is one that I wanted to ask if you have actually heard of it. Have you ever heard put lipstick on a pig? Yeah. Really? What the fuck does that mean? Dolling to, up something ugly? Yeah, just to basically 
do a crappy job at making something look that look better that's actually just not gonna look good regardless of what you do to it oh good okay oh is that a fairly Uh, new that that reminds me of when pigs fly too i was curious about that one but you you said we should skip the animal one no it's fine i just throw a pig one out there i guess you can have one pig (laughs) oh thank you oh of course uh while you're doing that some other ones that i have uh i'm just gonna throw them all out quick we can finish on up in a little bit i have a jump on the bandwagon that's one that I've oh. heard used a handful of times, but I do not know what it's from. I'm sure it's going to be fairly straightforward. Oh, shit. That's actually pretty cool. Okay. So there is a decent amount of information here. I'm currently still reading, but I think I've got the gist of it. So a bandwagon is a not very unimaginative. It's basically an unimaginative name for a wagon that carried a circus band. And so when these circuses were coming into new towns, they would basically throw on these like the performances with the band. So it'd have like this big, beautiful, like showy uh, showcasing. And since uh, obviously back in the day, the towns were fairly small, it'd be kind of hard to just miss. So a bunch of people would come on out and get like super excited for the circus. And then the circus would like set up and it would attract a bunch of individuals. Uh, so nice, nice little marketing scheme right there. But uh, other, oh God, who was it? Who was the first one to start it? So just basically other people started to catch the fact that like when these bandwagons would like catch other audiences or just everyone that lived there, their attention, a bunch of politicians were like, oh shit, this is a great way for me to campaign. And so Dan Rice, a famous circus clown, which I think I want to know more about Dan Rice. I'm going to save that name for later, was the first one to rent out his bandwagon to a political campaign. So the individual basically rented out a seat on that bandwagon, put up a bunch of like signs and shit on to the circus's wagon. They played a bunch of people saw the name and apparently he had great success doing that. And then a bunch of other uh, politicians and other uh, of people of power saw that and were like, oh, shit. That's a great way to do that. And then basically jumped on the bandwagon and tried basically like copying their way of like marketing, which is how it kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. That's what the meaning says is like, oh, you're just jumping on the like the trend or like, you know, what's new. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that story actually a lot. That's a fun little one. Dan Rice, though, a famous circus clown. I'm curious as to what his act is i'm saving that name we should, let's do a we should start doing people too we could do like a, a multiple per person one in case one doesn't have a lot of uh information on it we did do uh well we kind of did orville redenbacher but then yeah exactly exactly that. uh yeah. it doesn't have too much we can just go ahead and bounce around but uh pigs or when pigs fly i guess stems from the old proverb pigs fly with their tails forward which was used to describe something that was overly optimistic. And then I guess from there, it has just kind of been transformed because the image of a flying pig is just kind of ridiculous and something that would not happen. And so phrases like pigs may fly um, kind of translated from that, and eventually it became uh, when pigs fly. Uh, there's one old use of it here. Yes, pigs may fly, but they're very unlikely birds. I don't really get what that saying means, but <laughs> one interesting thing I thought or I saw was a an early aviator 
wanted to prove that pigs could fly, so he took a piglet up in his new biplane and put put it in like a wastebasket and had a sign on it that says, I am the first pig to fly. It's adorable. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, I have a couple more. Do you have a couple more or no? Uh, I have a decent amount more, Good. but... I don't know how many you still want to do. I don't know. I've got, I think, four. Yeah, I've got four more. So the other one that I have is the whole shebang. I'm hoping that's something crazy as well. What else do you have for me? Uh, I have mad as a hatter. Mm. Blood is thicker than water. No. Uh, give someone the cold shoulder. Shoulder. Oh. Yeah. And close but no cigar. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. Oh, and go bananas. I'm very curious about that one. I'm going to start with that one. (laughs) I don't really understand the whole shebang, really. It basically means shebang was used as, like, almost uh, another word for, like, a hut or, like, some sort of shack. And then, like, over time, like, it was also used for, like, cars. Like, Mark Twain actually used it in a letter referring to a form of vehicle but it doesn't really give an example of why the whole shebang was used. It maybe it's just including the the whole house or the whole car and then whatever they're talking about. But I don't – there's not really a great one on that one, which is very sad. Hmm. I guess going bananas apparently was originally associated with someone who was more of like a gangster or someone who was crooked, you know, doing things illegal kind of like a banana being crooked. Uh, and it also <laughs> was also used to relate to people who were sexually perverted. But then I guess in the 1960s around college campuses, people adopted going bananas from going ape, which basically means the same thing of you know going wild, going crazy, exploding with anger and enthusiasm. And since bananas are just closely related with apes it kind of stuck huh not not a super deep history there but i guess that was one of those that someone said and everyone's like hell yeah i love that (laughs) Uh, apparently to give someone a cold shoulder uh refers to the expression i refers to the idea that visitors to one's house who were welcome were given a hot meal but those who weren't were offered only a cold shoulder of mutton. And so I guess giving someone the cold shoulder is showing that uh, they're they're not welcome and I guess you're really not pleased with them. You still get food, though. Yeah, exactly. But it's like cold turkey. It's not that great. Yeah, yeah, it's a plain piece of shit. <laughs> oh, interesting. So another one that I was curious about, the whole nine yards actually comes from World War II times, and the bullets for the machine guns used in American combat planes uh, were in chains of 27 feet in length. And if a pilot was able to fire all of his bullets off at one target, he was said to be giving his adversary the full nine yards. Oh, I uh, like that one a lot. I know. I was like, holy shit, that one's actually pretty nice. I haven't really used that one a whole lot, the whole nine yards, but got to start trying to find yeah. other ways to sneak that one in there. yeah just sneak in the whole nine yards oh did you also know that (laughs) with all these whatever oh god we could be those gross people at parties now anytime uh i don't know we we could someone will say a phrase and as soon as i say it i'll be like actually do you know where that comes from (laughs) 
it'll be great. It'll be great. I, but if it happens multiple times in one night, then it's gross. It's gross. But oh goodness, do you have any more? I'm kind of coming up to the very end of mine. I guess I have some more, but they're pretty. I think simple. Uh, do you know what cattywampus is? Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, I forgot his name. The math teacher in high school, the old guy. Uh, I it started with an E. I don't know. But he used to say cattywampus all the time. I did not know what that word meant until I had his class. Okay. Oh, was it e- No, was it freshman year? Yeah. I had him too, and I cannot think of his name. It's not Ely. It's uh No, I I His have wife no idea. worked there, right? As well? Yep, yep. <sighs> you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Fuck. God, some of these have fucking <laughs> texts that are a lot longer than I ex- needed. I guess cattywampus is it has a double meaning of diagonal and askew. What? Is there anything more? And then it goes on to talk about like a weird cat thing. Huh. I guess while you look up a little bit, uh, Mad as a Hatter did not, in fact, come from Alice in Wonderland, as many, maybe some people might have thought. It apparently originated in Turkey. Originally, camel hair was used for felt material, and it was discovered that the felting process was sped up if the fibers were moistened by camel urine, but then a French (laughs) workman seemed to produce consistently superior felt to those around him, and he was being treated with a mercury compound for syphilis. So then it started started being... (laughs) commonplace that uh you would treat the fibers with mercury in order to have a better felt and so a lot of hat makers actually started going crazy because of mercury poisoning all due to that absolutely insane and ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) that is fucking bonkers i couldn't even fucking control it as you were explaining it I was losing my shit <laughs> mid fucking definition. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's that's crazy. Oh my god! See, those are the type of things I was hoping for. Yeah, yeah. Ex- we ha- we have some, we have some that were pretty good. But yeah, cattywampus basically just means diagonal or askew. Examples were like, oh, the trucks were all parked cattywampus in the lot, and there's other smaller things. I don't really know. It looks like it yeah, was like I don't an actual think that's, word. Yeah, it's not really a saying that younger people use i feel like i've yeah. only heard that one teacher say it honestly mm-hmm. did you have uh any more you wanted to get through i was looking at some of them but the majority of them that i'm seeing now are all fairly things that i think i could answer like thick as thieves just closely related thick as thieves i've never heard that phrase oh really i've heard that one before uh it's kind of like the just the blood is thicker than water just closely related uh due to like Obviously, blood is doing to the family and whatnot, but the thieves, like, you kind of have to be close. Otherwise, you'll get screwed over and someone will mess up the job. Burst at the seams. That's not really that crazy of one. I don't know why I have that one written down. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what about Neck of the Woods? Oh. But I think after this one, I'm pretty much good. We've, we've I, I'm curious how many we got there. That was a shit ton. Yeah, it was. Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, no, this is very interesting. So this one uh, refers back to earlier, like early uh, colonial days where America was first being taken over pretty much. And so after like establishments were finally like set up, individuals wanted to uh, 
start going obviously deeper into America and creating their own little areas of establishments pretty much. And so as they did so, like slowly the growth came in further and further into America and those individuals that were coming on in started using different nouns for like certain geographical like locations. So like more Heath, Dell and Fen all had different descriptive terms as to like what those like lands basically were like we're heading down to the hollow uh it was another example of like you know a certain place in that land and neck actually began to be used as a word to describe a narrow strip of land that was usually surrounded by water and kind of resembled obviously the neck of an animal or a human and so that neck of the woods basically was just showing you know oh we're going over to our neck of the woods or like our tiny little strip of land and it like i said before is surrounded by water and whatnot so their little neighborhood which is kind of cool yeah yeah wow that that was a deep one i know (laughs) goodness and we could go on for days and days other ones that i had that i didn't uh, i started looking into but we're gotten really crazy like whoopsie daisy that one (laughs) was some weird like psychological crap about like when uh, like children falling over the like upsee is obviously like lifting someone up or picking someone up or coming back up yourself or something like that and it got a hole into like carpe diem and whatnot and like whoopsie days it was basically like falling out of alignment of being and it got freaking crazy actually so i decided not to get into that one because that was like a four-page article i also have uh Road rage isn't really a, it's kind of a phrase, but not really, but that one's just getting pissed off in the streets. I don't know if there's a certain thing for that, but yeah. Oh, I actually, saw that pulling out all the stops refers to an organ, which is not what I thought. Apparently the things inside of the pipes that help make it actually play are called a stop. And so an organist who would want to get the most out of their organ would be said to be pulling out all the stops. <laughs> huh. I can't believe that there's still... I, I, I still can't believe that there's so much definition behind some of these and so much like of a story, actually. All right, so I do have a couple more. I want to look up one more, and I'm going to let you choose what it is. I have Chick Flick, which I think that one's going to be pretty self-explanatory. It might have a little something in there. I don't know. Piece of cake or as easy as taking candy from a baby. Uh, the last one. <laughs> I want to know who's stealing candy from a baby. <laughs> there's going to be some guy. That's what he's famous for. The baby candy stealer. I don't know if there's going to be an origin for this one. That's one of those that's pretty yeah. self-explanatory. self-explanatory. Yeah. I was really hoping there was like a famous candy thief. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was used in some collection of short stories in 1900, actually, by Clarence Lewis Cullen, and he's the first written example of it, and it was just basically used as part of a story, and I think it's kind of been used like that ever since. All right, I'm going to look up the last couple and hopefully one final story to wrap it up. Jesus Christ, this has got a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. All right, so this is about to get a little dark here. Bear with me. So the conflicting origin of a piece of cake. Uh, another thing that I'm sure you've heard is a cakewalk. Um, yep. So that is actually a phrase that was invented in the 1870s during slavery and in southern states of America. Parts, uh, uh, many slave or owners organized a dance or a celebration and forced black slaves to compete in these cakewalks 
where they had to perform a dance which imitated or slightly mocked the elaborate <laughs> and <laughs> elaborate gestures of the white slave owners. The most elegant couple or team was given a cake as an award. And so pretty much the prize for being the best dancing African-American couple was a piece of cake. Oh, huh. Well, Very- I mean, that's that almost doesn't sound like, I don't know. How, how did it get to mean, like, that's easy? Uh, I guess, like, I don't know. I mean, dancing maybe isn't too hard to earn. I don't know how it switched from that, though. I, I think the piece of... Uh, maybe it was turned, because it says the piece of cake was awarded as the prize of the best couple in team and came to be known among the African-Americans as something very easy to obtain, which means that it was easy to pretty much act like a fool and an idiot because they were pretending to be the white slave owners. And so it was like a low-key hidden insult to the unknowing white ruling class little dubious right there <laughs> yeah that, that kind of brings up one that i wasn't sure i was gonna bring up but now that you went dark i, I didn't mean to with... <laughs> it was supposed to be about cake it's not Rule my fault. thumb and i guess that dates back to 17th century england where judge sir francis bueller or buller ruled that uh husbands could beat their wives as long as the stick was no wider than his thumb jesus christ <laughs> oh my god we always have to end on such a bad note oh my god we were having such a good time now we're talking about slaves and beating our wives and what you say as wide as your thumb that's pretty fucking wide like, well, no wider than that. But oh, yeah, wait, that wait, could be wide as wide. the thumb. I was still thinking length. Like I was looking, I was looking at my thumb <laughs> like vertically, and I was like, "That's fucking, that's really wide." <laughs> uh, no, if it's the width of your thumb, that's that's still pretty thick. I mean, like, well, I mean, I feel like you could make it go fast. Then, like, if it's so thin, you know, you could get a yeah, really you good could really hit fucking on that. wind that puppy up, dude. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, if you ever use that phrase, that's where it came from. The rule of thumb, beat your wife with an inch-thick uh, <laughs> stick. All right, well, we can't end it on that note. We're gonna, I'm going to look up origin of a chick flick, and hopefully hopefully, there's something there. I, I, I don't think so, but we'll say, uh, we'll, we'll say there is. You have to do one more, too. We both can't end on such fucking dark, <laughs> dark, dark ones. So I guess stealing one's thunder was due to a a playwright who came up with a new method of creating a thunder sound for a play, which was just a metal bowl or metal balls in a wooden bowl, I guess. Hmm. Very creative. <laughs> and it seems like his company failed, but that method of production was used in uh, production of Macbeth and became very popular and so the failed playwright was very angry and he said uh damn them they will not let my play run but they may steal my thunder so i guess stealing one's thunder dates back to some guy who came up with a good way to make a thunder sound for a play <laughs> uh and then chick flick ironically when it first became a thing was actually used to describe a sexual film that was made for the male audience 
And somehow over time, as more movies came out that were directed towards female audiences and about love and a little bit kinder in the material to the general audience's eyes, Chick Flick became known as what it is today. Nothing too crazy there, but a little something. Men started it. Women stole it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. I think that's about a wrap, dude. I have nothing else now. Yeah, the last one I had was Heard It Through the Grapevine. And I guess that just refers to the old telegraph system, which required, you know, a bunch of lines held up by big telegraph poles placed at regular intervals, which I guess just resembled the the like strings and poles that were used to train grapevines, like make them grow the way that you want them to. So it just appeared to look like a grapevine. And that's where you hear things from. So Interesting. That was pretty interesting. Well, alrighty. I hope you guys learned at least one thing. Unless someone knew all of this, I'd be very I'd be very surprised. Someone I, just I would sitting be there. Too. They're just like, come on, give me something new. <laughs> Either way, I hope you guys had a wonderful time. Phrases are pretty funky. If there's any that we missed, send us in an email, write us here on Facebook, reach out to us. Maybe we'll try and do a little short episode of something that we didn't hit. So let us know. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and thank you guys so much for listening. Are we done yet? Oh, we are. All right. Thanks for listening to What's Going On. If you have any questions that you want partially answered, write them in to what's going on the pod at gmail.com. No spaces, no apostrophes, no excuses. One more time. That's what's going on the pod at gmail.com. And we hope to hear from you soon. Please rate and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Thank you.